So today, I, I thought that it would be good to talk about relationships and how much value we place on them. After all, relationships are one of the biggest parts of, of most people's lives. We relationship, don't we, with people every day in, in all sorts of ways. And one of the biggest factors with regards to a relationship, of course, is communication. In fact, to most relationship experts in the world over, communication, if not used correctly, as they say, can be the main cause of relationship breakdown. Therefore, be warned. If we haven't thought about communication in this way, perhaps it's about time we all did. It is key. Or you could end up with this kind of scenario. This is Stephen Lynn, and Steve says to Lynn, he's just given me this idea. Um, he didn't, but I'm going to use it anyway. Steve says to Lynn, in the moonlight, Lynn, your teeth look just like pearls. And Lynn's reply is, who's Pearl? And what were you doing in the moonlight with her? <laughs> Communication has just become our new best friend. And over the last week, as, as I began to prepare for today's talk, I asked God what he wanted me to say, which I suppose is a, a pretty good place to start, I thought. And it struck me very, very quickly that relationships can be really quite tricky, can't they? They can be a tricky subject for us to talk about. So I'm hoping that I haven't set myself up for a fall. After all, I think that no relationship is ever that straightforward. All of the time, we often hit bumps in our relationship roads as we, as we travel through life together. And I felt God say to me, as I was chatting with him about this today, that if I didn't do this talk with a little bit of sensitivity today, then you guys may go home feeling worse than when you first got here, and that is never, ever our intention. And actually, as someone whose past relationships have broken down for various reasons, especially when I think about my first marriage. I understand, like many people here today, even listening to a talk on, on relationships can be very painful. I'm sure, therefore, you, you may already be sitting there thinking about some of your relationships. And I'm sure that they conjure up all sorts of, all sorts of feelings, some good and, and some not so good, shall we say. After all, relationships come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and they take on lots of different forms and they can quite literally bring out the best in us and the worst in us. And I'm sure that you definitely don't need me to remind you uh, that's partly because we're a bunch of imperfect people in an imperfect world and we're just trying to do the right thing by each other and of course... Where possible, that's what God is, is asking us to do, to do the right thing by each other. So this morning, I thought it would be good for us to take a look at our different relationships. And I thought we could challenge ourselves this morning to think about potentially giving our relationships the once over, a kind of health check or an MOT maybe to see how we're doing in those relationships. So as we go on today, let's try to be as honest as we can with ourselves and with God as we look if there's anything that perhaps we need to fix in some of our relationships that you may be thinking of. So I wonder today if you would be willing to go on a, a journey with me as we assess our relationships with ourselves, 
with each other, and lastly, but by no means least, our relationship with God. Because the Bible is full of relationships from beginning to end. After all, that's how God made us to be. From the very first book in the Bible called Genesis, it describes how God made us in his perfect image to have a relationship with him and with each other. It even goes, it even goes on to say that actually what God, what God had made, he thought was very good. And let's just dwell on that just for a moment, that phrase of very good. You may recall a few moments ago, I said that we would look at the relationship that we have with ourselves. It's important not only to have good relationships with each other and with God, but it's also to have good relationships with ourselves. And you may be sitting there thinking, with ourselves, that's, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Or is it? Because after all, at the end of the first chapter of Genesis, it says what God made, he thought was very good. Yes, that's right. He's talking in part about you and about me. And as the famous worship leader called Martin Smith once sang, God didn't mess up when he made you. He's a father who loves to parade, parade you. And in one of the interviews that he gave, he said, he took that um, with a bit of lyrical poetry from Psalm 139, where it actually says this, for you created me, my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. In short, if God thinks he did a very good job of designing you and designing me, then we need to be accepting of ourselves. So then, we can go on to have right relationships with others and with God. So let's move away from Genesis just for a moment. And if we skip a few books and we skip a few thousand words and we jump to the last book in the Bible, which is called Revelation, we, we read in chapter 21 that God is very clearly serious about relationships. In fact, he says that he will restore his relationship with his people. Revelation 21 verse 3 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure God thinks this idea of relationships is, is really quite important. Also not forgetting, how could we, the fact that he values his relationship with us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us on a cross for our wrongdoing. And Jesus promised, didn't he, that he would rise again three days later and he kept his promise and did exactly that. And one of the most popular and quite well-known verses in the Bible, of course, is John 3.16. And Jesus sums it up so well. He said this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that everyone, everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. And if you're not sure about that bit, but wants a relationship with God through what Jesus did on the cross, then please don't go today until you've spoken to somebody about that. So let's move on to our relationships with each other. 
I believe God would want us to be using him as our perfect example with regards to how we look after our relationships, wouldn't he? I wonder if some of us perhaps do a better job of maybe looking after our homes or our gardens or our cars than we do our relationships. And I challenge myself and I ask myself the question today, what value do I put on relationships, on my relationships? And as, we, as we've already discovered, of course, God is willing to send his son to die on us, for us on a cross. Then, therefore, if he's willing to do that, the value of our everyday relationships should be high on our priority list of life. Or for a second, why don't we look at it from a slightly different angle? It should be our hope and our aim that our earthly relationships with each other should mirror our relationship that we hold so so dear with our Father in heaven. Let me repeat that for you. It should be our hope and our aim that our earthly relationships with each other should mirror our relationship that we hold so dear with our Father in heaven. So if we believe that we hold those relationships with God so dearly, and if, we, and if we want our earthly relationships to mirror our relationship with God, why don't we take that one step further and challenge ourselves a little bit more this morning and let's ask ourselves this. Are we applying kingdom principles when it comes down to our relationships? And what I mean by that is, are we using Jesus as our example when it comes to everyday relationships with each other, no matter where we find them easy or difficult. The Apostle Paul talked in the Bible, didn't he, about us being the body of Christ. So what does that mean in relation to today's talk? And I believe it means that we should be the body of Christ that echo God's kingdom values and principles to everyone we have a relationship with. And it must be, must be high on God's agenda as he sent Jesus to us to show us these kingdom principles beyond many other things that he did. And beyond these four walls today, I believe that God would want us to offer these kingdom values to a wider community, not just our church family here at Ellsbury Vineyard. So I'd, I'd like us to reflect this morning on four kingdom relationship principles, all beginning with the letter R. To respond, to redeem, repent, and renew. Respond, redeem, repent, and renew. Hopefully they will give us a better understanding or a different outlook to help us keep and grow or perhaps get some of our rocky relationships back on track, but we'll come back to those a little bit later. But let me start this morning by saying a little bit more about something I mentioned a few minutes ago. You may recall that I said that relationships take on all sorts of of different forms, some good, as we said, and, and some bad. And I'm mindful, very mindful, that you may feel some relationships are not safe or healthy for you. 
You may be sitting there thinking, well, that's, that's all very well, James, and, and it's great in practice, thanks very much, but you personally feel sitting there today that you've been hurt beyond repair. You may feel that you've gone past that place of being able to forgive, and, and actually, that word sorry can never quite make up for the pain that you still feel. And please, don't get me wrong, I understand that God is a God of forgiveness. After all, I've lost, the, the, I've lost count of, of the times that he's forgiven me. And I know that throughout my life, and I have no doubt that he will forgive me time again and again and again and again. And so it's at this point that I want to say, here in the vineyard, nobody is going to stand in judgment of you in relation to those times that you're struggling with. It's difficult, isn't it, sometimes to forgive, to accept, to sorry, and, and let go of the past. And I struggle with that phrase sometimes, forgive and forget, because we, are, after all, are all a little bit like elephants, as the saying goes. We may be able to forgive, but sometimes we'll never be able to forget. However, to my mind, that can be a good thing too, especially if you don't feel safe in a relationship that isn't healthy. And those things are between you and God. God knows your heart. He knows your past. And he most definitely knows the pain that you're feeling and how difficult it can be to forget some of those things sometimes. One of Jesus' disciples, Matthew, gives us a perfect example of this. In Matthew 10, 14, Jesus describes telling his disciples that it's okay to wipe the dust off their sandals and to refuse to never go back to a town if they're not welcome. And I totally believe today, standing here, the same applies to our relationships, those which are not safe or healthy for us to be in. And just to illustrate that point further, I'd like to share a story with you um, which is from the 21st century. As a police officer, Four years ago, I dealt with hundreds of domestic violence incidents, from minor, minor domestic violence incidents to really much more serious stuff. Domestic violence is a serious issue, which is sadly getting worse throughout the UK. So please add that to your prayer list. A charity called LWA, which stands for Living Without Abuse, states this. One in four women in their lifetime will suffer domestic violence. One in six guys will also suffer domestic violence. And actually, on average, it will take somebody a ginormous 35 times of being assaulted before they finally snap and want police intervention. And I always, I always carried this Bible verse in my heart as I went about my police job. Amos 5:24 says this, Let justice flow like rivers and righteousness like a never failing stream. But one job I went to, a domestic violence job that I went to will always stick in my mind. It was a normal day, or as, about as normal as you could ever get in the police force. We don't never use the word normal. Um, and then all of a sudden I was on duty with my colleague and he used this phrase that should never be mentioned. It is the unspoken letter out of the whole alphabet. He said the Q word. Q of, store, uh, Q of course stands for quiet. You could say cue, but if you said quiet, you could be letting yourself in for a busy day. 
So Tim, who was my partner in the police, said, Jim, it's quiet today. And I said, I beg your pardon, or words to that effect. And then, and then he said it again. And literally, I kid you not, literally, as soon as he said those words, um, the 999 alarm bells went off and we were called to a domestic violence incident in, in Stoke-on-Trent where I used to do my policing. And as we got there, this, this lady answered the door. She was very dazed and confused and, and we followed her in and the, uh, this argument had happened and, she, and her husband had left. And she was really dazed and confused and for a very, very good reason. You see that during that argument, her husband had thrown her to the floor and then stamped on her head. And, and as if that wasn't bad enough, she lifted up her hair, and I feel a bit silly doing this because I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't got any. Uh, she lifted up her hair to reveal that she had got the Nike tick practically in the centre of her forehead from the underside of her husband's trainer. And you know what? While we were still at the address, her husband came back. And she, there was a knock at the door, and she said, that'll be him. And I, I said, I'm, I'm sure it won't. And it was. I opened the door and he'd come back, not to say sorry, not to ask for forgiveness, as we, as we often do when relationships go wrong, but to ask if I, a police officer in full uniform, would pass him his cigarettes because he got halfway down to the pub, realised that he couldn't possibly live without them and came back. Needless to say, I didn't pass him his cigarettes. And needless to say, neither did I allow him to go to the pub. And he was promptly placed in the back of my police car. Now, I said earlier that to keep our relationships going, we need to nurture them, don't we? We need to love them to help them to grow. But in this case, I believe that those things do not apply if she had taken her husband back, she would be potentially putting herself in grave danger. And I know those are not the kind of relationships that God wants us or would wish us to keep. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, the Bible talks about the difference between wisdom and folly and that they can also look the same. In dictionary terms, follow means, uh, folly means a lack of good sense or foolishness. And we need to learn to discern, to learn to discern what's good and what's not so good. And one of the ways that we can do that is by seeking God and his wisdom, especially when it comes to our relationships. We should be striving for the peace of God, the Bible tells us, which passes all understanding. And I know that that lady would never feel peace around her abusive husband ever again. She would always be on her guard and you cannot blame her. But when we do feel safe, just changing tack slightly now, and we know that a relationship that is usually healthy and usually good has gone off course and has gone off slightly astray, it's good to check ourselves, isn't it, against the word of God. Matthew 18, 15 to 16 says this, if your brother does something wrong, go to him. Talk alone to him and tell him what he's done. If he listens to you, you've kept your brother as a friend. But if he doesn't listen to you, take one or two others with you to talk to him. Then two or three people will hear every word and can prove what was said. 
So I believe, as I've said, it's right to keep ourselves in line with God's model for our relationships. Because those kind of relationships actually are the ones that we want to nurture, that we want to look after, that we want to grow into. And most importantly, importantly fix when that relationship hits a bump in the road. And it's always good, isn't it, to be further reminded of what it says about those kind of relationships with regards to to, to everybody here today. Ephesians 4.2 says this, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Or 1 Peter 4.8, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of of sins. Or John 15.12 says, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. And I believe it's right that we should strive for those things that God teaches us in his word. And looking back over those verses there that are still on the screen, that word love rings out to us, doesn't it? It's the common theme of love. So what defines these relationships that we have? What what elements make for good or bad relationships? Those relationships perhaps from our past, our relationships in this present moment, in new relationships that we'll have in the future. The key elements to those relationships, hopefully, are love and trust. In exactly the same way that we almost take those things for granted in our relationships, it appears that we should be keeping them at the forefront of our mind because they should be the bedrock and our foundation. And we should be constantly nurturing those traits in each other. No wonder then, in the famous Ten Commandments, in the Old Testament, wrapped up in the second commandment, was this. God talking about love. Exodus 20, verse 6 says this, I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So we've talked about having a right relationship with ourselves and we've looked at what it means to have a right relationship with each other. But what about our relationship with God? And I've purposely left this point until last today because I think it's one of the most important points to make today because it underpins those first two points that we've talked about. Therefore, I think it's one of the most important points that we should be spending quite a bit of our time on today. So you may recall earlier that I briefly talked about the fact that we should be in the habit of mirroring God's relationship that he has with us. And then that should be a reflection of our relationships with ourselves and each other. To be ready to forgive as God has forgiven us. I also said that God sent Jesus, didn't I, to be our perfect example of how to get this area of our lives right. So let's have a quick look with those things in mind at the story of Zacchaeus when he encountered Jesus in Luke 19. And in this story, we can identify with those four kingdom principles that we looked at very briefly earlier on that we're going to look at in more detail shortly. They were respond, redeem, repent, and renew. 
So let's read that, to, let's read that together, Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus, a chief, sorry, Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a chief tax collector. Actually, in fact, it says, and, and, and why is that bit relevant? Well, it's because that it meant that Zacchaeus was at the very top of the tax collection pyramid. Zacchaeus even took a court of commission from the other tax collectors who worked for him when they used to take all this money from the Jews and then pass it on to the Romans. I mean, this guy was worse than Boris Johnson running running our country, right? No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm sure we will have some Boris fans in here. He's very charismatic, isn't he? And let's pray that he does what he says that he wants to do. We made to pray for him for lots of wisdom as he leaves this country. So these, ta- so, these, so these guys, these tax collectors, were the most ostracized, hated, good-for-nothing people who swindle money out of the poor to line their own pockets and then also pass that on to the Roman Empire. These guys were seen as the lowest of the low. And we read, don't we, in that piece of scripture that Jesus saw him up a tree, not falling from the sky. And he wanted to give Zacchaeus another chance. And we want to give Boris a chance. And no sooner, maybe some of us do, maybe some of us don't, tough it's too late and no sooner had Jesus spent some time with him much the much the disgust of the teachers of the law and everyone else Zacchaeus soon made this declaration didn't he that he would give four times back the amount if he cheated anybody out of anything and they would give half his possessions away to the poor now that is what I call genuine repentance on Zacchaeus's behalf And Jesus forgave him by saying, surely salvation has come to this house today. So let's finish by going over those four R's again to help us understand the importance of of keeping good relationships with each other and with ourselves and with our God. Respond, redeem, repent, renew. Let's take respond. And I, and I wonder often how, how we respond and how I respond when a relationship goes south. I wonder if we, if we give off negative emotions as we knee-jerk reactions sometimes. After all, we're only human to the things that are said and done in the heat of the moment that hurt us. 
And Jesus there gives us a perfect example and a response to Zacchaeus in this passage, doesn't he? He said, in short, come down, Zacchaeus, we need to talk. In other words, Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus, we need to face these issues together, head on, in love, towards one another. And that is what we should be aiming to do with each other too. Let's move on to redeem. Jesus always knew from the start what he wanted to get out of that conversation with Zacchaeus. Because Jesus is a peacemaker. He wanted nothing more than for Zacchaeus to redeem his relationship firstly with God and then with the people that he lived with in his community. And we should want that too. It's important not to cut our nose off despite our face. Relationships are so important as we've proved today. So let's look at repent. Jesus obviously didn't want, didn't need to repent, but do we? Do we need to check ourselves to make sure we haven't done anything wrong, which has contributed to this relationship breakdown? The Bible tells us, doesn't it, to remove the plank out of our own eye before we remove that speck of dirt out of our brother's eye. And it was the kindness of Jesus towards Zacchaeus that brought him to the place of him wanting to give back four times over the amount of anything he cheated out of someone. And far more importantly than giving all that stuff away was salvation, was Zacchaeus's salvation. Jesus said that Zacchaeus had reached that place of salvation, didn't he? And what a turnaround. And finally, renew. Zacchaeus must have felt like a new man that day when his relationship was renewed with God and with himself and those people that he would then renew around him too. After all, I love this verse. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Psalm 51 verse 10 says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. After all, he's the God of second and third chances. And we need to put that into practice too as as we journey with each other through life's ups and downs.